Moto America fans, it's time for another episode of Off Track with Carruthers and Bice. You'll laugh, you'll cry, and you may even learn something from this unlikely pair and their special guest. The mic is yours, Paul and Sean. Hey everybody, this is Paul Carruthers, and this is our weekly Moto America podcast, Off Track with Carruthers and Bice. As mentioned, I'm Carruthers, the half of the I'm the Carruthers half of the duo, and I'm joined as always by Sean Vice. And how are you today, Sean? Yeah, I'm really good. In fact, you know we don't usually do this on a Friday. We usually do it earlier in the week, but um, Friday it is, and I'm in a Friday mood right now. So uh, very good. I'm feeling great. Well, you know, like we normally we have stars on our show, but when we have a superstar. Yeah. Sometimes you have to rearrange your schedule so that the superstar can do things when he needs to do it because of his immense busy schedule. So that's kind of the place we're in now. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, look, so our guest today is Cameron Bovier. He doesn't really need much of an introduction, but I think I I was I, I was so happy and relieved with his results in the um in the United States Grand Prix held last weekend at Coda. It was, um, I, I don't know, I was just so happy. As, as Cameron knows, cause I drive him nuts. I text him all the time. I try to keep him pumped up. I'm, you know, I'm like his manager that doesn't make any money kind of a thing. Um, <laughs> but I, I mean, I, I, we were in, we were in Nashville, Tennessee kind of on a vacation and also for a wedding. And I went to, um, do you remember Danielle Teal, right? Cameron, I do. Well, oh, yeah. we haven't talked to Cameron yet, but yes, I do absolutely remember Danielle. It's been so, a while since I talked to her. So we all went to lunch and it was her and her, and her husband and uh, some other people. And I was watching the race on the phone, on my phone during the race. Like I, I couldn't even have the volume on and I was trying to sneak it. And the half the people at the table didn't want to know what was going on because they were going to watch it later. So it was like this whole stressful thing. So <clears throat> I actually think sometimes I stress over the races more than Cameron does, but at this time he, he came through and, and I mean, it was, I think it just made so many people happy. And obviously the reception he got at the race itself, when I, when I got back to the house, I was able to watch it with sound. So I could kind of appreciate a little bit more about the good things they were saying about him. And also, um, you know, how the crowd reacted to, to having an American there. Um, I was kind of bummed and a little bit sad that Joe Roberts didn't have a better time because I know that was probably really frustrating for him. Yeah, um, sure. and you know he deserves better than than what he got. So, anyhow, let's let's chat to, with Cameron a little bit. First of all, Cameron, um, let's start with that race. I mean, did that feel like did that feel like winning to you? Uh, pretty. I mean, pretty close. <laughs> it felt so good just to get like a good solid result and uh, run up front with those guys just to prove to myself I could. I could I could run with those guys towards the front on uh, familiar territory, you know, because uh, there's been a lot of a lot of times this year where I've been I've just taken a beating, you know, crashing and uh, lack of confidence, going to new tracks and and uh, yeah, just wondering if I I can. Uh, I mean, there's been a handful of times where I'm just wondering if I'm gonna if I can cut it over there, you know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah. And just to come in and uh, see see the team, how happy they were, 
and uh the yeah the the amount of attention we got from the crowd and everything like that it was just uh it was a pretty yeah pretty special special feeling and yeah I was only fifth place but <laughs> in the moment it kind of felt like a win to me after the season we had Cameron I want to ask you about that because you know knowing you I think I know what you're going to say but maybe not I mean obviously we were all thrilled with your fifth and I know you were too but you probably thought given the way that race went man I could have I wish I would have done better than that because I was I was at a high, in a higher position I, I led the race into the first uh, turn so I mean fifth like you said but did you kind of feel like gee I wish I would have gotten third or on the podium or something did, is that how you kind of felt or are you completely satisfied uh I mean to be honest I was pretty satisfied with the fifth because I rode my freaking butt off like I rode as hard as I could the whole race and that was uh that's a long race around that place um especially with how bumpy the track is now and uh and how hot it was and but then like once you know once that wears off like you being you know, the, the tiredness wears off and you're sitting there at, at dinner that at night, uh, or if you watch the race back and, and I was like, I was only five seconds off the leader. And, uh, I know I made a couple mistakes. I, I hit a false neutral going into turn one. Um, I was dicing it up with Arbolino that kind of, I felt like that kind of slowed me down a little bit. Uh, it slowed each uh, both of us down a little bit. Um, and a couple, couple other little mistakes I made that I could have, I could have cleaned up and it's, it's always like a, what if, but like I said, like I, I, uh, if you told me I was going to get fifth place, like going into the weekend, I would have been like, sign me up. Where do I sign? So, um, yeah, it was just, it was just nice to just start the weekend off on the front foot and stay on the bike. Like the last few rounds I've stayed on the bike, which has been nice because that hasn't been the case pretty much all year. I've been crashing and uh, just trying to play catch up every, every race we go to, you know, like I, I show up at these tracks, even though I've, you know, I've seen some of them um, 11 years ago or something like that. It still feels like a new track and I'll roll out. And these guys are, or I've said it in the past, but they're, they're, uh, they're within a second of the lap record, like five laps in the, into first practice and I'm just trying to trying to learn you know learn everything and uh learn my break points and gears and yeah just learning new tracks so and then we like chip away chip away get somewhat close come Sunday um but yeah it's just it's just a grind so that was so nice to just race at home in front of the home crowd in front of uh first race my parents and and my brother and some of my family got to this year. So that was cool. And uh, yeah, it was just an amazing weekend. Okay. So there was one point in the race. I can't tell you exactly when it was, but you tucked the front real bad. I don't know if it was at the corner at the end of the back straight or someplace else. I know it was a left. Yeah, it was going, it was the corner onto the back straight. Oh, okay. So that, that right there symbolizes a lot because you lost the front and you didn't crash, but there's so many times that you've lost the front like that and crash. And it's just, it, it, it's just, it's the hair is different, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I've that same tuck that I had in the race. I've crashed like that so many times this year. It's like right when I'm off the brake and like trying to get onto the gas and uh, man, that that's like, that's hit my confidence so bad this year, so many times. And 
Um, I've been working on it pretty hard. We put a handbrake on my bike and, uh, I've just been using the rear brake a lot more. And I think that's really helped. And I think also just like our setup is a little bit better. We're more on, on track of what the, the other guys are. Um, and yeah, big thanks to Stu for that, for, uh, you know, working so hard and the, and the whole team really. So yeah, it's been, it's been cool and just learning and getting more comfortable with that bike. And I think one big thing too, at Coda, I've, I mean, I've obviously have some laps there racing super bikes and a couple tests that we've had preseason Moto America tests. And I know that place, I know that track. And, uh, it was nice to just really get the most out of, out of the Moto two bike and like ride the thing hard and like actually have something to compare it to. Cause I haven't had anything like I haven't, ridden a track that i've ridden on a super bike on my motor two bike uh before so i think that was good for me and and yeah you know cameron i was super nervous about this round because of the pressure and also the fact that i felt like if we were if that event would have been at laguna seca a track that you do so well at and it is tr truly your home track it would i would have i felt would have felt more comfortable about it myself for you um I was worried. Me too. <laughs> yeah, I was worried about Coda because it's not your favorite track. I mean, you've you've had some tough times at Coda in, in the past, but would you say that was the best race you ever had at Coda, even considering wins that you've had at that track? Yeah, I'd I'd say I'd say I've I've had a couple rides there though too, like in two thousand. The last time we were there, two thousand nineteen, where yeah. I truly felt I got everything out of my bike. Like I rode so hard and that was just one of those tracks where it, I felt like it favored the Suzuki compared to our bike or, or the Yamaha um, along with like a couple other tracks we went to, but, but then there was, you know, there was better tracks for the Yamaha also on the Moto America calendar. So that was one of those tracks where you start out the year and you, you kind of struggle a little bit and you know, you're kind of up, you're up against it a little bit going into, into that race, but yeah, I'd say, I'd say that was, uh, that was the best race I've had at Coda for sure. And this, all right, here's a big question for you. This is something, I mean, we all kind of think this is, we know the answer to this, but how important is it track familiarity? And obviously Coda, you've been at a lot of laps there, even though again, it wasn't your favorite track or isn't the track you've always done real well on but just being there being at home i guess but how important is it to know the track and then with that in mind what do you what are your thoughts for misano coming up since you've been there before well how how talk about that a little bit i think it i think it is really important uh at least for me and maybe it's a little different for other riders too you know like what garrett's been able to do or what he was able to do last year like showing up to tracks he's never seen before and and be as competitive as he was and up front, like that was super impressive. Um, seeing what like Pedro Acosta has been able to do, like showing up at new tracks and like winning and getting on the podium and doing what he's done. Like that's freaking incredible. Um, I think for me, like, I don't know if it's, I, maybe it just takes me a little bit longer to really dial in the track or, or, or what, but, and also, I think too, um, me qualifying so bad is really like hidden our 
it's hidden our uh, improvement throughout the weekends because I've, I've, if you look at like the times and stuff and break down the race, like I'm actually, I, I really am like improving throughout the weekend. You just can't see it position wise. And uh, there, once we started going, like after the first third of the series, um, because the, the season started out pretty good. So after that first third of the series, then we start start going to these new tracks and new tracks. And uh, man, I like hit a wall. I was struggling so bad. And I was just like riding as hard as I could. And like, like in practice, I'm outside the top 20 and like around 20th. And I'm just like, gosh, man, like beating my head against the wall. Um, and I was just not having fun. And uh, I, I think a really good thing for me is just Stu calming me down. And he's just like, He's like, man, like, let's look at, let's look at the, the time gap to the leader rather than the position, because the class is so competitive. I mean, like, look at for, it's a good example, example, like Joe, Joe right now, like obviously Joe, he's an incredible rider, has a ton of talent and uh, he's just been a tick off like the past couple of rounds. And it, when you're a tick off, like it's the difference between like top five and and 20th in that class it's, it's just crazy so yeah it's uh it's been tough but i mean it's the world championship and i'm i'm getting a full dose of it when i watch cameron and and as you know i watch like every single bit of it but the and i watch on timing scoring and and blah 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 but the it seems to me like you you're more stressed out during qualifying and practice than you are during the race. I almost get this impression like the qualifying is more difficult for you. And I know you're learning and you're going through the, 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 through a bunch of stuff during the weekend, but it honestly seems like when you get to the race, you're just like, okay, cool. Now I get to go race my freaking motorcycle. Is that accurate? Pretty much. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty crazy. Like the, some of the lap times these guys can throw down on, and it's not like we were putting on a softer tire or nothing. Like we put on the soft and qualifying, but a lot of the times we race the soft in the race, you know? Uh, yeah. We line up with the soft in the race and it's, it's just crazy. Like the amount of time they can pull out for a couple laps and qualifying. And I haven't really been able to do that. So, uh, but I know that like come the race, like I do, I do have like a good pace. So, uh, so yeah, like I'm always look, looking forward to the race and a big thing. I mean, you'll see too, like the Q1, Q1, like if you don't, uh, if you don't advance to Q2, it makes life really, really hard on you going into the race. Right. And sometimes Q1 like is just as fast as Q2 or just a tick off, you know? So all those guys, man, they're, they're all, they're all really, really fast. Okay. So you just, you're coming off a good race, obviously at your home round at Coda, you qualified well, you made it straight to Q1 or Q2 and you finished fifth in the race. Does, does, do you go to Mazzano a bit different than what you showed up at, 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 at Coda or at any of the other rounds? I mean, do you feel like, okay, I can do this. I can race with these guys chill the F out and just go ride the motorcycle, qualify well, and then race with them. Yeah. In a perfect world. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd love to be able to 
to take what I, that's, I mean, that's the plan. Like, I'm just going to take what I, what I learned and like the confidence I built at Coda and just try to roll it into the rest of the, the year. You know, I, Mizano was a tough one because it rained Friday. And, uh, so I got two practices in the wet on Friday and then we only had, we had one practice on Saturday of dry and then warm up was dry. Um, and that's the only dry time I had going into the race. So it was a pretty tough race race for me. I made a ton of mistakes. And then like after halfway, I was able to, I was able to find myself, like find my rhythm. And, uh, I was starting to piece, piece together the track pretty, pretty good and do some good times and stuff like that. So that, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to Mizano. I'm really looking forward to Portimao. Um, I had a good, yeah, it was my first top 10 of the year was Portimao. And I really like that track. We got a test there before the race and stuff like that. So I'm really looking forward to those two rounds. And then Valencia, I've been there before, you know, a long time ago, but uh, at least I know the place and the place doesn't look too hard. So, but yeah, I'm really, really looking forward to just like ending the season on a high note and, uh, and yeah, just getting this year done with and take everything I learned and roll it into next year. So let, let's talk about ending the season a little bit, Cameron. So I was thinking about this the other day, you know, we were Moto America at one time was going to go to Coda, but we didn't end up going there. So our season ended at Barber. So if you had been still in our series this year, your season would have been over for several weeks, but you've got a, quite a season still going. Is it weird? Is, is there any fatigue with the fact that the, the Moto2 season is so much longer than Moto America? Does it feel like it's a grind or are you glad that there are more rounds because you're still figuring it out? Uh, I mean, I'm not going to lie there when I'm struggling like week in week out, <laughs> I'm like, gosh, man, we still got like yeah. nine races to go. Like, what did I, what did I get myself into type of thing? But then like, I have a good result at Coda and I'm just like, I'm like ready to go. Like I want to, <laughs> I want to keep racing. So, uh, I, I actually, I mean, it is, it is crazy when you look at it. It's, I mean, I'm literally racing double the amount of a Moto America season and they just put on, or they just put the provisional calendar up for next year. And it's, it's 21 rounds. And it's just like, Holy, Holy moly. I'm like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I mean, truthfully, I like it when you're in Europe. I mean, it's an hour flight to, to wherever you're going. And I like the back-to-back races, just like staying on the bike and, uh, yeah, I think, I think it's pretty cool. And I just, for me too, as a racer, I like the, uh, and as a spectator, like I like the, the, the build up to a Sunday race, you know, like I, I really like being able to have a full day practice and then, uh, practice and qualifying Saturday. And then it's just like that build up to Sunday. Like I, I like that. So, uh, yeah. And I think moving forward, like after this year, I mean, it's everything's new to me. Right. So mm. I think it'll get a little bit easier next year. Just, just like knowing where I'm going and knowing what airport I'm flying into, like all that little stuff. 
I want to go back to prior to the 2015 year. Um, and this is, you and I were teammates, Cameron. And so I remember this pretty vividly. That bike that was the iteration of the R1 prior to the kind of the current one, although it changed a little bit recently, but it's still pretty similar. That you, you never really got along with that first bike that we called that Josh Hayes's bike. He developed it. You never were real comfortable with the front end of that bike. And then lo and behold, the 2015 R1 comes in and you're comfortable with it. You, you got a better feel for the front end and, and all is sweetness and light. Is this issue or this learning this bike this year with the front end and this tucking thing you're talking about, does it relate at all to the problems or struggles you had with that previous iteration of the R1? Uh, not, not really. I think it's just more so the GP style chassis and like, just like how you have to ride those things. Like they're, they're so rigid. You just can't get away with as much on a super bike at that you, than you can as, a, as riding a super bike. Um, and just like not having the, the electronic aids that I've relied on so much in the, in the past. Like, I mean, what we've been able to do with the super bikes the past couple of years, like changing the engine brake to just make it perfect corner by corner and all that stuff where you, where you, you don't have to ride with the rear brake, you know, like the, like you, uh, and the traction control and obviously like the torque maps, all that stuff, like the, and, and especially working with Stan Boley last year, like he made, he made it, pretty easy on us you know you just go ride the thing as hard as you can uh give him feedback and he looks at the data and and uh he's like oh that we need a little more engine brake here a little more tc here all that stuff so now i'm going completely backwards and uh i'm having having to do stuff that i used to do you know on a 600 like drag the rear brake around and uh and stuff like that i think that's i think that's been that's and along with like learning tracks and and it's hard to like work on technique and stuff like that when you're when you're down on time you know when you're down on time you just want to go crazy and go as fast as you can and like your technique kind of goes out out the window so um so yeah but like like i said that's what was so nice about riding coda like riding a track that i'm familiar with and that i've I've had quite a few laps out on a super bike and uh, really feeling like I was riding the bike hard and getting the most out of the, out of the bike was good. All right, Cameron, how many times have you crashed this year? <laughs> probably like, probably like more than the last three seasons. Well, I was going to say more than ever. <laughs> <laughs> like if you added them all up for your entire career, it's probably about the same. Yeah. It's yeah. It's uh, it's been tough. It's now, been tough. The, there, I mean, there, there, I, I don't know this for a fact, but I mean, probably 90% of them are just front end crashes though. Right. Most of them. Yeah. So they don't hurt. Uh, no, but I had a good one in Austria, that high side out of turn one. That wasn't very fun yeah um these things are wicked too man they they when they slide they and you let off the throttle like they buck they buck mm -hmm. hard just this chassis is so so stiff they're mean little bikes well don't let off <laughs> you know i'm just coaching here you know <laughs> okay i want to tell you sean that um 
before the season started, our Moto America season, I was talking to Cameron and Cameron actually predicted what happened and said that Jake Gagne would win this championship. Incredible. Yeah. Right. Right, Cam? Yeah, I did. I knew it. I knew so it. You just knew how well the team worked and how well that bike works. And you just knew a second season with him on that. It'd be a difficult combination to beat. Yeah, I'd say, I mean, being teammates, teammates with Jake too, like I've always known how much how much just raw talent Jake has and how good of a rider he is. And uh, yeah, I just like, I just knew, especially that first, his first year, how fast he was on that thing. And obviously I was pretty dialed in. I've been riding that bike for a handful of years. And uh, yeah, it was like a little bit different with, with Richard uh, in control of everything. It was a little bit different bike, but it was better, you know? Uh, And for how fast Jake was like right out of the gate and, some of the races, like for example, Pittsburgh, when he smoked the clutch and stuff like that. Yeah. I feel like that would have been, he would have, it would have been like a battle for, for the win um, that people didn't really get to see. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm freaking proud of him. Like it's, it's pretty cool. What he, what he's been able to do, do. I've sent him a couple texts throughout the, throughout the year. I'm like, easy on my track records, man. Like, come on, <laughs> back off like you can go win the race but just stay off the track records but no it's uh yeah it's pretty incredible what they what they've been able to do and uh i mean all those guys like seeing my buddy cam p like how how well he's stepped up i know i know people were uh like expecting a lot of them out of this year but for him to like for how dominant he was in super stock but for him to 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 go run with with Jake at times and obviously Maddie and all those guys and put it on the podium and get that win at Barber. That was pretty incredible. And uh, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be exciting next year, depending on, yeah, depending on, uh, on what happens, who goes where, and uh, it's going to be good. Was it odd for you? I know you get to see the races and stuff, but w- was it odd for you to watch Tony ride a Yamaha? Because it's at first it was, it was really difficult for it us. I mean, weird. we're like, what's going on? It was weird. It was super weird. Like it was, uh, it'd be like me riding riding the Yosh bike or something. Right. You know? it's, it's super weird. But I think it was really cool, and uh, it's been it's been cool. Like Tony, he he was in Barcelona. And we talked a little bit. We've actually been like messaging back and forth quite a bit this year. Just, uh, yeah, he's, he went out on track in Barcelona and he has a really good eye for things. Cause I mean, the MotoGP paddock was his home for so many years. And, uh, yeah, he was, he was able to help me a little bit with things and, and, uh, point me in the right direction. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's been cool. You know, Cameron, it was interesting that uh, Matthew Miles was down at Coda and, you know, I talked to him from time to time and he he's had this quiver of questions to ask you. And so Dornet wanted him to ask you a question and he ha- he had one ready to ask you. So I, I know, you know, that he he talked to you down there, but he had a few other ones. And I was telling him, I said, hey, you know, I want to cover some of that same stuff. So I'm going to give him a little bit of credit for a couple of things I want to ask you about. One of them that he mentioned, and it's an interesting thing, is the fact that you now are on Dunlop tires. Are they like the Dunlop tires from last year or are they completely different Dunlop tires than, than you're used to? Uh, I, it's hard to tell. They're different. They're for sure different. Um, 
the front tire is, I mean, it's just a wider front wheel and a wider tire. And I think, I mean, it's just the bike too. The bike is so, it's so hard to tell like the difference, uh, if how much the difference, a difference is in, in the tire, or if it's just the bike and stuff like that. But I mean, I would, I wouldn't say the tires are like that much different. I rode, I was riding a stock R1 just to practice on earlier this year. And, uh, I mean, they really, they really didn't feel a ton different, like the grip grip wise, they felt pretty similar, but I just think those Moto2 chassis, like how fast you can go through the corners on those things is, is just like incredible, especially riding at Coda, like a track that I've had laps on, on the super bike and just carving through some of those corners, like the first section of Coda all those S X S sections, how fast you can go on a moto two bike is, is incredible. I think we were doing, we were doing like the same lap times we did on a super bike and they obviously don't have near the, the horsepower the super bikes have. So your, your teammate, Marcos Ramirez, he, he hangs off the bike a lot. He, he's way over on the bike and you're a little more upright on the bike, but maybe you've changed your style a little bit, certainly from last year, I'm sure you have, but during this year, have you changed your style and do you, do you hang off more than you used to, or is that just the way Marcos does it and other riders? And that's not really your thing. Uh, I think I have, honestly, the, like my guys have told me, especially compared to the beginning of the year when I was like riding it a lot more like a super bike, like in more in neutral, neutral position on the bike. I feel like lately I have been hanging off quite a bit more, uh, when I watch the races back and stuff too, like I actually have my head on the inside of the bubble, which has helped me a lot. Like I, you just have to really, like you have to get off the inside of the bike to get the thing to turn and just like to be able to pick the thing up on, on the exits. And it's funny because I've been struggling with that pretty, pretty good a lot of the year. And you think I, you think I wouldn't, but it's literally just picking up the bike. And, uh, coming from a super bike background, like that's what you do, you know, you, you, uh, you can be a lot more point and shoot on a super bike and you pick the thing up and get it on the fat part of the tire and get it out of the corner. But that's what I was struggling with so much on this bike is like just getting the thing off the edge of the tire and getting it picked up. Um, and yeah, it's, I mean, Marcos is, he's really good at that. Like he, it's crazy. The lean angle he carries and it's funny too, like more towards the beginning of the year, like I felt like I was hanging off more. Like I feel like I'm, I'm hanging off. And then you look at pictures and it's like, no, like I'm not even, <laughs> I'm not even close. So, uh, so yeah, that's been, that's been something I've been working on along with, I mean, a hundred other things. Mm-hmm. Let's kind of continue talking about teammates for a minute. I want to ask you about your new teammate for next year, Sean Dylan Kelly. We know that Marcos is going to a different team. So do you think with Sean uh, going directly from super sport, a middleweight bike to moto two, which is, I know it's a middleweight bike. It's nowhere near anything like a super sport bike, but do you think that transition is going to be easier from Sean than it is, was for you to go from a super bike to a moto two bike? Uh, I think so. I think that, I think he's ready to go to moto two. And I think that I think a couple of years on a super bike, even one will, will obviously he'd be racing some really good guys in, in Moto America. 
uh, and that would help him. But I think just on a like a bike standpoint, he he's ready to go. Like he's he's proved that he's proved his talent and uh, his racecraft and all that stuff in America. And I think that it would it would hurt him more than anything to riding a super bike rather than just getting right on a Moto Two bike. Uh, yeah, I mean he rode he rode incredible this year and. I think that I think he's on his way to Europe right now to do a couple uh, a couple track days on some of the tracks we're going to race next year, and uh, just get some more seat time on a Moto Two bike before we go testing this winter. And I'm excited, man! I'm excited to have an American teammate. And uh, it's funny because I look at it like different than I used to. You know, like me and Garrett coming up together, like we ought, we want to beat each other. Like, I mean, super bad obviously and obviously i want to <laughs> i, I want to be the guy and like beat sdk or whatever but like i want to help him you know i want i want uh i want him to succeed along with joe you know it's funny because people ask me about like the american rivalry and stuff like that and i was like i mean yeah sure i want to beat him but like i want the best for joe you know it's it's funny because i feel like 5 years ago i wouldn't i wouldn't really think like that so yeah, it's funny. Well, it's nice to have somebody else thrown in the deep end with you, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's that misery exactly. loves company thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I have noticed a difference in your riding style. I mean, you're not quite Jason Aguilar yet, but you're getting there. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing I wanted to ask you was, there's not, it, you've, ra- you've raced obviously in the back half of the field. We won't elaborate on that, but you know what I mean. And then yeah, you just got a chance to race at the very front. There's probably not a lot of difference, is there? I mean, are you watching like Gardner and going, oh man, I could learn this or that compared to when I'm racing with, you know, I don't, Joe Schmo from Spain in the back? Or, yeah, is it, is it- I was talking to Stu about that. I was like, yeah, I went from Mizano, I qualified on the second to last row and then and then Kodo's on the second to first row is pretty nice it was a nice flip-flop and uh yeah I I mean yeah racing up front with those guys it was it was it was nice honestly because back there like in the mid pack you know I'll say at the mid pack I like the mid pack better than the back of the pack yeah let's go with mid yeah, yeah. well I'll, I'll like yeah <laughs> I'll it's kind of like the glass half full thing but everyone i mean everyone is trying to move forward you know and it's so hard to get in a rhythm especially at the beginning of the race because everyone is just dive bombing you and you're trying to move forward so you're doing the same and you you're ruining everyone's rhythm and along with everyone else and up front it was a lot different like i was the guy i was the guy like kind of screwing people up you know like when i passed remy um i kind of like i kind of like ruined the rhythm for a second like in a couple areas you know because i was excited you know i was first time i was up front and then i finally calmed down and uh and yeah it was so much better just like just getting in a rhythm early and just not having the having to pass and get past and pass and get past and dealing with dealing with everyone in the mid pack, you know? So that was super, super nice. And, uh, hopefully I get more of that moving forward. <laughs> what was the race where you dive bombed everybody? Remind me. Oh, geez. That was Austria. 
Yeah. Hey, I told Joe though. I was like, "Day, that was your fault." Like they, I was like, "I, they, uh, they gave me your penalty, man." I, I went up the inside and he shut the door on me so hard. I went over the curb and I was like, "That was your fault," and it wasn't all all his fault. But I wouldn't say it was all my fault either. So. That was a double <laughs> long lap penalty, right? Yeah, that was brutal. That was the first. That was the first time, and hopefully the last time I had to do a. Uh, uh, long lap penalty that was that was no fun especially at that track yeah those are no good and it was very reminiscent of your old teammate Garrett Erloff I thought for a minute there oh man oh man that poor kid damn it I feel bad for Garrett man yeah I it's been tough because he's been especially at Portimao I was like yeah I I think he's gonna turn like he's gonna turn it around and get back on on his form because he was super fast in practice and then uh he didn't have the best qualifying but i knew like he had really good pace um but yeah it seems like he's just getting stuck like right in the back of that that group fighting for fighting for the podium you know so i think he'll get it figured out and yeah he'll be yeah i think his confidence just took a bit of a hit and yeah he's probably like oh man i can't keep doing that and then you know what happens when that starts creeping in Exactly. He's still top independent rider too. I mean, I've kind of gone to looking at that and like, well, he's winning, he's winning that battle. So um, that's good to see, but um, you know, you know it was pretty cool to see is how well Baz did. I yeah, think that was really super good, good for Moto America and everyone, you know, because uh, a lot of the time, I mean, over in Europe, people just don't know the level of, of the superbike class in Moto America. And I think it really showed you know, like showed how good Jake is. Right. Yeah. I think it helped us a lot. It definitely did. So Cameron, this is a good segue. You mentioned about, we talked about Garrett and you mentioned Loris. So one of the things I always remember and always like about Brian J. Nelson's uh, photo galleries is when you go in there, you'll often see um, a group of riders, superbike riders that are kind of congregated doing a little bench racing, you know, a couple of them are on scooters, a couple are on bicycles, and you guys are all talking. And usually there's Paul Carruthers among that group too, most of the time, talking amongst everybody. So, shit. <laughs> so this year it's the same thing. So it got me to thinking about what's the culture like in the Moto2 paddock? Do you, do you hang around with certain riders? Do you talk to certain riders? you know, obviously the language barrier is difficult. I'm sure Joe, you talked to Joe, you know, what's it like with your teammate and is, do you still get that same camaraderie that you had in, in Superbike, or is it a different thing altogether? Uh, I wouldn't say it's like Moto America. Like th- that's one thing I loved about Moto America is I, like all the friends I had, um, just hanging out, going to dinner and, um, yeah, just really like enjoying the weekends with and, and racing with your friends, you know, that was, that was super fun. And, uh, I definitely, I definitely miss that. But, uh, I mean, I think, I think it's like that, you know, I feel like the Italians, they, they hang out, they have like their, their group, stuff like that. And obviously some, some Spanish guys and, uh, everyone's like really cool that I've met and talked to, but, I feel like in in the MotoGP paddock, like everyone kind of does their own thing a little bit more so than, than other championships. But uh, yeah, I was able, like I, I got out, I golfed with the Benders in Austria. That was really cool to, to meet them and, and hang out with them a little bit. And it was cool because they grew up with Maddie and, and Cam P. So 
we had like a mutual friend and uh yeah my my teammate marcos he's cool but like i said everyone kind of does their own thing and they they spend more time with their team than anything let's talk about the fact that you are engaged and you are going to be <laughs> in december and i've been wondering about this all year cameron are you is has that been on your mind at all or have you put it completely out of your mind i mean obviously there's a lot of planning i know that shelby has to do a lot her family maybe your family as well but is that has that been any kind of a factor in pressure this year at all that you have that to come look forward to at the end of the year no no i'm like <laughs> not pressure it's it's honestly crazy that it's only i it's like a month and a half out or something like that it's uh at the beginning of the year, I was like, yeah, let's get married in December. Like we talked about, we talked about when we should do the wedding. And I was like, well, the winter is pretty much the only time we, we can when we're going to be home and uh, when it's convenient, because there's no way we could, we could get married in the summer. It would have been, it would have been way too hectic planning and all that stuff. And uh, I mean, truthfully, I haven't, I haven't planned anything like Shelby's done it, everything with her family and her friends. And, uh, I just got to show up with my tux. So that's pretty cool. She's made it pretty easy on me and, uh, I'm looking forward to it though. Looking forward to getting, getting the season done with and come back home, get married. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy to think about honestly, because at the beginning of the year, like it seemed so far away and now it's like, it's like here, <laughs> Has she, made, has she made it easy on you this year? I mean, is it been great to have Shelby over there? Is it, you know, I know you, maybe you've seen Garrett. I don't know how much you hang around with him, but has it been helpful for her to be around and kind of keep you grounded? Yeah, but uh, she went over there for a handful of races at the beginning of the year, but that's, but that was pretty much it. Like she came home and she, I mean, she has a job and stuff. So she's been working here and, uh, you know, taking care of the house and, um, yeah, so she hasn't been over there a ton with me and that's, that's been a little tough, you know, being away from her and, and my family, uh, yeah, that's been a little tough, but I think next year will be a little different. She'll spend some more time over there with me and she's going to go back, uh, for the, for the rest of the season here next week with me. So that'll be cool. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's been super relieving, honestly, knowing everything's dialed here at home. Like when she's here, she's keeping up on the house and uh, along with her parents, Ray and Tammy, like they've been when when she does go over there with me, they'll watch Dixie, our dog, and uh, they'll keep up on the house, like keep the, the grass mowed down, all that stuff. So that's been super helpful. And and yeah. See, Sean, he's probably in the best. Everybody would want to be in his position, really, because you just go away for the summer and you're like, hey, take care of everything when I'm gone and I'll see you at the wedding. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. Yeah, you got it made. All right, Cameron, we're, we're going to let you go and uh, we appreciate you talking. Hey, to why us. didn't you guys go to Coda? Oh, uh, wow. yeah, I felt terrible. I feel like an idiot. I was planning on going with our buddy Casey, but we just couldn't get it to work. And then we were worried about being able to get good credentials and I'm not one that wants to sit in the grandstands. You know what I mean? Oh, oh, oh. well, you know, I wanted like a suite with champagne and stuff and I couldn't quite pull it off. (laughs) So instead I went to Nashville for a wedding, but uh, (laughs) 
anyway, you've uh, you've made us all proud at Coda, and, and we we most of us, including Sean and I, have known that you were able to do this. It just took a little longer than we wanted, but I think it's only going to get better from here. And like I said before, I think if you go into Mazzano, the same Cameron Bobier that left Coda, I think you'll be in a good position to get that thing qualified well and and race near the front again. So. Good luck with that, and and thanks to uh, thanks to coming on and say hi to the family and stuff for us, and have a good rest of the season there. And then uh, we might even show up at your wedding or something. We'll crash it. <laughs> I love it. All I right. love it. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Cameron.